Hey, Courtney, it's been a while. I know, it's been like months. (laughs) It has been. Do you know what's really funny? Whenever I do a podcast with you, I get ill, like either before or after. So what's that about? I I remember the first one, you had the cold because you had the very husky like sexy voice i vividly remember that i have yeah it was awful (laughs) i literally at the moment feel like i've been ill for about a month like i don't know what's going on like my my body's got like the real infinity war is within my (laughs) my um system and i don't know what's going on who's winning it definitely feels like it's gone on for three hours but i don't know what's what's happening i really don't know i just oh yeah but yeah and i'm like probably taking up naps as well like i probably feel like oh i'm really bored i'm gonna take a two-hour nap what is that about that's like i've got nothing to do let's have a nap oh god i'm so boring let's move on i'm just as boring so, if not more boring yeah but a very unboring thing's about to happen to you you're gonna graduate yes soon. i am three weeks it's crazy for me because I generally remember like when you were applying to colleges and how the hell is four years? It is four yeah, years, isn't it? Yeah. Four years have passed. It's crazy. I that really can't believe it. And it's crazy. been like four years since I started doing stuff for you. Like since. Jesus. Yeah. God. She's referring to like. Graphic yeah, graphic design, design by the not way. like <laughs> there's so many things you could assume from that. No, graphic design and illustration and that's it. And friendship. Friendship's been longer than and four friendship, years. Friendship, yeah. <laughs> friendship's longer than four years. But um no, I'm so proud of you though. This Thank is you. so exciting. Thank you. I just, like for me, like college graduations, they're only things I've seen in like films. Yeah. And like obviously uh, only recently I've seen people that I've known since they were like sixteen, thanks to the yeah. internet actually have like a college graduation i'm like oh my god yeah it's really weird it's it's weird and we're a little later because my school's on quarters so instead of like a semester like a one two semester there's four quarters and you pick three so we graduate like the last day of may so it's giving me a little more time to worry about that job search which is happening it's going it's going it's going going. i have have interviews so (laughs) As long as it's yeah, going, that's all that exactly. matters. It's, don't feel pressured. No. It's one of the, it's just one of the I think people think like, Oh, you finished college, so the next day you'll be getting that fifty K yeah. a year job that you've been working towards. <laughs> but there's just no pressure, don't worry about yeah, it. Thank you, I appreciate it. We were talking about this in we were talking about this in work the other day because like we were talking about pensions mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was just sitting there, I was just thinking, like, yeah, I know we have to say for our future but then I was just like we like we have no idea what the world's going to be like in 40 years and like the the older people in the office were like yeah but you've got to save i said the same thing i was like yeah but you said the same thing in the 80s like you had no idea what the world was going to be like today in the 80s and it's hard because these people like they bought their houses for like 10 or something and like like i had this conversation with my friend lauren the other day and um agatha as well and um we both said i said to them like save by all means but don't cut yourself or don't starve yourself still go on holiday still do this still do that because it's it's harder now Mm -hmm. than it was for like our parents or whatever Mm -hmm. so just i mean the same goes for you you're probably like oh my god where am i gonna live i mean with america what's it kind of like to get a deposit on a house is it the same? Yeah, I'd say I think it is generally. I'm not going to get a house. Like, I'm not going to buy a house. 
outright mainly because I don't know how long I'm gonna end up wherever I end up because the way like that design works is you usually unless you get like a a in-house with like a corporation you usually hop around a lot and I am talking to I'm not gonna say names or anything but I am talking to a bigger like company that has stores in like many states so that could be one where you know we get there and maybe we do get a house because it could be a little more stable but then I'm also talking to like an agency so maybe I just rent a house or an apartment and it depends like I'm talking to someone in New York so like that's crazy expensive oh my god yeah um crazy expensive so but there I'm there's logistics I could like live in Jersey and like train over and all that and that but then I'm also talking to people in Kentucky and it's like you know not as glamorous as New York but we could rent a house for like $800 a month (laughs) whoa yeah like a three-bedroom house (laughs) so it's like (laughs) it's it's crazy it's a lot to do I mean I didn't go down the college route yeah. so I mean I I was living at home saving for a mortgage paying tuition fees um yeah paying for travel no, and I mean saving it's a little, to make films. like the isn't college is a little different for y'all isn't it you don't have the crazy like do you have like the student loan crisis that America has <laughs> No, because, like, basically in America, if you don't have the money, you don't go, do you? Unless you get, like, a scholarship I got or something. A lo- yeah, so I got a scholarship, and then I took loans out, so I do, and that's why I'm, like, kind of, like, I do need to get a job, because starting in November, yeah. I have to pay off the loans, but, um... See, that's the difference, so basically over here, you don't have to pay it yeah. off, or start paying it off until you earn a certain amount. Oh, that's In America, nice. they're, like... No, it doesn't matter. Like, you no, get six months. You're paying it now. You get six months <laughs> grace period, and that's it. It doesn't matter if you had a job or not, so that's a yeah. much better and I know it'll be fine I'm not worried like it'll it'll work out I've already been saving and stuff but it's just like yeah I don't know it's definitely like it's gonna reach a boiling point soon like because I don't know what it's gonna look like in 10 years this is the thing I think the way the economy changes <laughs> sorry guys we will get back to you know the fun yeah. film reviews very soon um but uh the way the com- economy changes I mean it's it is crazy. I mean, I doubt very much that if I had met someone that I loved in the south of England, I very much doubt that we'd be living together soon into our... Well, not soon into our relationship. We have been together for three years, and it's felt like three years. Um, I doubt we'd be living together like at that point yeah. in our relationship, just purely because of money. But it's... Uh, I mean, there's still people up here. Like, even though the houses are cheaper significantly, there's still people who live there with their parents until yeah. they're, like, 30. Um, and after college as well, you know, I mean, like you said, people want to get a job. And I don't think it's just to get a job to get money, but they want to continue that level yeah. of, especially when you've been studying creatively, they want to continue that output yes. where they're constantly creating and feeling like they're part of something. And, you know, they don't want to go into, I mean, for me, the, the friends that I've had that have gone to college to study creative mm-hmm. What, whether it's design, whether it's film, whether it's acting, whether it's, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Else. Um, I don't have many friends, and uh, but I feel like they've tried so hard to get into that career, and they've taken unpaid internships, mm-hmm. they've taken low-paid internships, they've done two jobs, three jobs, and it's or they've done nothing and they've never gone back yeah. to it. And I feel like with the cre- I don't know if you agree with this, but with the, when you've studied something creatively for like three, four years 
you need to hold on yes. to it because it does it does. I mean I did the same like when I finished when I didn't get into college or university mm-hmm. I completely shut off any form of writing filmmaking directing anything for like gosh it was like two years or mm-hmm. something and that's because I was like not in the mood for it kind of thing and I think yeah I've gone off track here no I did the same thing but. um <laughs> in high school we had this like AP class for art like advanced placement and you take a test and like normally an AP class when you take a test it's like a written test like for English or history or whatever but well the way the art one worked is you sent in two portfolios digitally and then like five physical pieces and then they'd send them back to you and it's a one to a five so a five's like the best and a one's like the worst and I got a two so I freaked out and I'm like no and that was when I was like it I knocks need your confidence yeah and I was like I need to do film which <laughs> we know how that worked out <laughs> um no I'm glad I tried it I'm glad I tried it I learned valuable lessons but so it sucked I went for like a year and a half where I did not draw I did not do like designy yeah. stuff and you know I don't know I ended up in the right like now my drawing is helping me immensely right now uh, more than yeah, I thought it would have been so it's you know I agree and I think we've talked about that before it's just like you can't even if it's not like your main focus if you have to take another job you know so you can eat and things yeah do that mm-hmm. but don't let go of what you know makes you passionate no and I think it's it's a double edged sword because at the same time you want to say don't let go of what makes you passionate and I think there's this one quote that always sticks with me don't quit, take a break yes. like if you don't create anything for a year you're not quitting you're just yeah. taking a break and yeah it's just it's, a, it's, very, it's very hard that transition from being in a studied environment, being surrounded by people that have yes. the same kind of belief system, the same kind of interest system and then you kind of come home, if people do come home and you're like ah I'm around people that don't understand me and like they do understand you they just don't have the same passions as you I mean my best best friends that I've known since I was you know like a teenager um none of them are interested in filmmaking you know they like film they're interested in film and tv shows but you know I don't sit there I'm like oh god I can't talk to you guys because you don't know who the cinematographer is oh good (laughs) you know because who gives a shit but there are people that are no, like I that know. do you find there are people like that and they're like oh I can't possibly stand to be back in my hometown around these people and then they're the most miserable people because oh, yeah. they 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 twist their creativity or they create their love for creativity into this personality trope mm-hmm. almost and it's it's bonkers and it's the same with film it's the same with people on Twitter when they talk about films you know the other day I saw someone this girl that I've known for years she was actually probably the first critic that I've become friends with when I was studying and she posted like hey guys check out my new review for can't even remember the film um it was really fun and I think you'll enjoy it and someone just replied back to it no and I just thought what do you mean no that's her opinion that's her that's her review she's a critic you can't just say no and th- and there was nothing else it was just no no i just thought wow and then like obviously recently we've been sharing we had the podcast yeah. on the avengers endgame and obviously i've had some feedback and some guy was just like uh i can't believe you said this about endgame 
What do you mean you can't believe I've said it? I've said it. It's there. It's in the yeah, world. I've and said I'm, probably, I'm sure like, that like 12,000 other people have also said the same thing. Because everyone yeah, in the like, world except me has what seen What do you want me to do? It's, it's, it's fine. Don't you worry about it. You're not really into them though, are you? No. You never really have been into not Avengers. Super. I mean, like, I'll, I'll watch it eventually like with my dad or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I know I know what happened. Yeah. I, I, I know the, the yeah. gist. I'm good with it. I, I, I you know spoil me yeah. i don't care but um i just just it's let just people have is. opinions and enjoy things and it's okay if you don't I enjoy know. them too speaking as someone who likes I a think- lot of volatile like unenjoyable movies that make people angry like i'm not gonna like dwell on someone saying i'm a sicko for liking cannibal holocaust okay good i'm glad that you have taste and i don't i don't know what to say <laughs> like it's a, it's a weird situation i think you get like i said like you get into that environment where you're around people that like i don't know maybe worship you or like think, oh yeah you're so right and then they go on like t- like obviously film twitter is a bit more yeah. of a community now i mean you and i remember it was like film Tumblr. yeah oh, back in the um, day <laughs> back in the day that was worse <laughs> um it but like um it's just funny to me because I feel like I've got to that level where, like, ten years ago, I probably would be like, "No, my opinion is very important, and I can't believe you don't yeah. agree with me." But now I'm just like, oh, "Okay, cool, right? That's that's yeah. fine." And you know, you're. Oh, what am I gonna do? Go home and cry? But <laughs> some boy on Twitter said that my opinion of Black Widow wasn't right because I have shit to exactly. do. I've, you know laundry and washing and a business you know i don't you know but um yeah some people do generally think like their opinion is so golden that how dare you disagree with me it's like wow god do you not know how this whole works i don't know but yeah that's why that's probably why the critics are not filmmakers because they can't handle anything like that but yeah anyway yeah um yes podcast we're here so courtney's here this week um because we're going to be talking about serial killers in film obviously this is mainly based on the recent release of let me see if i can remember this extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile yes i think there's no and i think it's just vile extremely wicked shockingly evil vile at Vile. least that's what, jo- okay. that's what John Malkovich says in the movie. They might have added an and to the title. I don't know. I don't know. It's a movie. John, John Malkovich was fantastic, he by was. the way. I've just got to throw that in before we start this. Um, yeah, shockingly evil and vile. There is an and. There, there is, is an, an and. Okay. Because it's, it's based on what the judge said, wasn't yeah. it, in the actual court. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about this film. We're going to talk about some other films um, that feature serial killers um fictional based on non-fiction um sorry not fictional we're gonna kind of if we if we talked about fictional we'd be here all day so we're gonna focus on real serial killers that have been portrayed in films or films that have loosely been based or firmly based on serial killers um and i wanted to talk about this because obviously for some reason people seem to think this is the first film that's been based on a serial killer um because you know zach efron's in it um yeah. it's yeah so i just wanted to talk about this because i feel like there was a lot of hype behind this film it was obviously premiered at sundance it had very good reviews netflix bought it the cast is quite a popular young cast you've got zach efron lily collins akaya scholar i never pronounce her name right kaya scaldelario i don't know <laughs> 
I don't know. Courtney's face was like, just don't, Karis, don't try it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I wanted to talk about this. Um, now, in America, it was on Netflix, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, over here, it was weird. Basically, we've got like um, like a cable mm-hmm. channel, I'd probably say, called Sky. And it premiered on there, so you could watch it all day whenever you wanted to. But then it was also in some cinemas. Okay. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on it? So, I went into it... I don't know if you remember, there was an initial trailer that came out... Oh, God. Like, oh, February or something, and it was it was awful. It was, like, made him look like a cool dude on the town, and there was, like edgy font and like rock music and i was like oh my god they're going to kill whoever made this trailer like they are fired they will never work again and then netflix bought it and they released another trailer and i was like okay okay i'll see it was more like um what's the word like a more of a modest trailer i feel like the first trailer marketed it as a like rock rock um star yeah, biopic it was like the same as the motley crew movie that came out it's like yes Ooh. yes but anyway so i went into it very apprehensive because i don't know how to I, i've said this several times in the past few weeks and there's no way to say it without it coming out as bad but like ted bundy's not my favorite like not that any of these people are my favorite because they're all horrible but like he's never you for really done anything for me i just think he's kind of a pompous asshole obviously he's evil and crazy and all that too but it's not a st- the thing too i think that i struggled with this movie is so much of it is the court room drama and you can just go watch that because it was filmed so it seemed like you could have taken there's so much of his story you could have focused on and the fact that it was based on um his girlfriend's memoir and she really wasn't in it i feel like as much oh my god as she should have been if it was supposed to be about her it just ended up being a shot for shot recreation for the filmmaker to prove that he could do it or something it was weird and obviously the performances were good like zach efron was really good i i've respected him for a little bit now um i really the beach bum came out like a month or so ago he was fantastic in that um he's funny in baywatch like i like zach efron and i'm happy to see him pursuing you know a dramatic role and i think he did a good job i think john malkovich was great i think lily collins was fine but i think she wasn't in it enough like i just said like she didn't get a chance i I mean like you when the first trailer when the film was announced i knew from the very because i read into it and i said like they said it was going to be from her perspective and i thought okay that's an interesting approach because um i mean a lot of people who know a lot about ted bundy more than likely probably watched the netflix documentary that came out Mm. not too long ago. yeah it's actually done by the same guy that made the movie the same guy, yeah. I mean, Joe Berlinger, we said before, he's done a lot of true yeah. crime. He actually did the West Memphis Free as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, that's interesting because it's going to show it from her perspective because obviously we've seen all of... I mean, Ted Bundy, there's films upon films upon mm-hmm. films and that documentary, I feel like... It, I thought it was a very yeah. good documentary. A lot of people complained it was boring. But then I said, well, how much did you watch? And they said it was the first episode. And I said, well, the first episode's about his childhood. Yeah, like, it's not you have the to finish gritty. it you know to kind of know the whole story um so i thought okay lily collins i'm not a massive fan of her i don't think she's actually an incredible actress yeah um, and obviously she's a second generation famous person so 
you know. Um, but I thought, okay, Zac Efron, it's he's. I feel like he tries he really does. hard. I mean, when High School Musical finished, he did he did that film about John F. Yes, Kennedy, didn't yes. he? Where he played the doctor, and it didn't really go well. And he did another film where he played. Um, was it Charlie St. Cloud or something? Yes, I saw like he did that. A lot of he these was dramatic trying, roles. Yeah. He was trying. And then I think he got to a point, I mean, obviously he had a lot of substance abuse problems. And then I think he got to a point where he was like, I'm just going to do comedy. And he's really he good at it. I mean, like Baywatch, Neighbours. Mm-hmm. Um, struggling to think of any others right now. Boom, boom, boom. He did that film with like the catfish guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The music. DJ one. Yeah. The DJ one, yeah. And obviously I think now he's turning into more of a Sundancey person, yes. which is yeah. great. Um, so I was like, okay, this will be an interesting concept. And obviously the, the pictures come out of him. Um, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. And then we had the... Um, I watched the documentary on Netflix. And I thought, this is really great. This is um, really interesting. And they're going to, you know, obviously point it from her perspective. Because, I mean, I thought it was crazy that this person was going out killing yeah. all these women. And he had a wife and... Well, not a wife, but he well, had a... Well, basically yeah, a wife. With a little and girl a child and everything. And like there was no ever, not ever a suspicion, and obviously that's kind of victim blaming in a way. But I just thought I, I can't wait to hear what what this life is. And in this film, you get that for a montage of about two yep. minutes. And I mean, I think they copped out because they they were accused a lot when the first trailer came out that it was going to be glorifying him and they were like no 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 it's not even about Zach it's about Lily Collins and it's about Lily Collins. And as you said, Lily Collins is hardly in this film. And when she is, she's watching the television. That's all she's doing. There's nothing here for Lily Collins to do. She has about two scenes, maybe three, where she's actually showing her acting chops. But other than that, there's it's the Ted Bundy show. Um, and, I mean, obviously the film starts off. And this is another thing I don't know about you. Now, I watched this with Scott, and Scott had no knowledge of Ted okay. Bundy at all whatsoever. And he really struggled with the timeline. Yeah. And I, to be honest, if I'd never watched anything about Ted Bundy before, I would have too. So obviously, the film throws you straight into when Ted is meeting Liz. Yeah. Um. So you have that, and then you have the montage, as I said, about them falling in love and having having her daughter and yeah. things like that. And then you're thrown straight into when he's arrested, yeah. and he goes back to the home with Liz who's upset because she's read an article and Scott was like wait so has he killed anyone I'm like well yeah he's killed loads of people and he's like well when uh, and I was like well it was hard to yeah. the timeline was really difficult and I, I didn't mind like, explaining to Scott like no, okay, so yeah, basically he's at this point he's killed about 20-25 yeah. people I think um, and he's like well has he been to prison he's like he's not been to prison because they haven't caught him what do you mean they've not caught him well he didn't he run like a red light or yeah, something? Yeah, that's how they got him. It was just a traffic thing. Yeah. And he was like, well, what if he didn't do it? And I thought, oh, God, you're one of them. See, okay, you know what, though? <laughs> that's my big issue with this movie. Anyone who yeah. has no knowledge of Ten Bundy, if they sit down and watch this movie, it convinces you that he could not have done it for the for, until the end. Yes. Which the end is no, the only no part evidence. of the movie I truly was like, cinema you know what i mean like yes we're gonna we'll get, get to, to that because yeah. there's a moment which i which i thought that's the tone this film should yes. have been throughout to portray that it, the and, way um, that he and because it's so much about him rather than her you don't know and another thing when you deal with serial killer movies you can not show any of the murders 
which yeah there are some good examples of that and we'll get into that later or you need yeah. to just do it and i know yeah. it's uncomfortable i know it's like towing the line of like is this disrespecting the victim my thing is if you're even making a movie about the serial killer you're kind of disrespecting the victim because you're putting you're giving money yeah and and that's something i think about a lot because i'm so into true crime and stuff and it's definitely like a moral conundrum but we won't get into that right now but absolutely yeah we'll talk about they if they would have at least just showed the beginning of him like dragging a body something it would have given context because i get it it was confusing even for you know noah and i watched it together and we know the story i mean noah's mom grew up in the area where he was killing women her age (laughs) you know what i mean so like he's super familiar with it more so than i am i would say but i still know the story and it was weird it was jumpy and it leads you to believe that if you don't know anything about him well maybe he is innocent and the charisma he showed i mean obviously in the um if you've watched youtube clips of tino there's there's so much on you online like you said courtney like a lot of this film is basically a reenactment yes. of videos that are out there. And, like, there is a lot of charisma that he... That Zac Efron's showing, but if you watch it side by side, like... I mean, I don't know. For me, I don't find... Obviously, I don't find Ted Bundy no. attractive at all whatsoever. But Zac Efron, it's more charisma. Oh, yeah. And I think he could have maybe held back a little mm-hmm. bit because it's almost like... A, like you said, like a cocky rock star. He's like, oh, yeah, they've got me, but they haven't got me, and I'm going to show them. And... There's just some weird moments. I mean, there's some, like I said at the beginning, there's some bits that are quite like that do sense the danger. Like when they go to see the dog, yes. they're going to adopt a dog and the dog barks at him and you know that he senses, you yeah. know, that he's not a good guy. But then you go into, obviously, you go into the arrest, you go into his first escape which is kind of set up as like a funny always oh, going to jump out the window always yeah. change these clothes always hopping around always winking at girls that you kind of feel like are you trying to make the audience root for this yeah. guy that he's got out of prison and then you jump to he's been caught again and scott was like well how did he get caught they I just don't know because the film hasn't told yeah. you they just catch him and he's like, well, what do you mean they just catch him? He's like, well, he was in the mountains. They just caught him. And he's like, but why didn't they show that? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't make this yeah. film. Um, and obviously then we've got Lily Collins returns. You've got this strange relationship by this co-worker played by Haley Joel Osmond, which I don't know is, um, is it, I don't, I've not read the book that she's no. wrote, but is this a real thing or is this just fictional? Yeah, I'm not sure. But it's a really bizarre kind of relationship. Again, taking spotlight away from Lily Collins, even though it's her movie, apparently. Well, and it just makes her look worse because um, she's, like, bullying this man who doesn't... Yeah. Like, I want to like him, but like you said, it's almost just, like, another thing that's there. Yeah. I don't know. And then you've got the second escape, which I really didn't agree with because it doesn't highlight how stupid the police were. Because obviously, you and I both know, he, uh, as far as I can remember from the documentary, he saws a hole in the ceiling, but he doesn't escape through the ceiling. He stores clothes up there, doesn't he, or something. And he literally, the second escape, he walks out of the prison door. But they don't show any of that in the film. They don't show, and Scott went, oh, he's escaped from the vent. I went, no, he didn't. He walked out of the prison. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah. And I thought, why haven't you highlighted that? Because, again, it goes to show how he, the, the lack of the, you know, proper police work, mm-hmm. 
once again in America has allowed this person to escape and has allowed many other people to escape in the past. And then you have, obviously, if you know Ted Bundy, you know that after the second escape, he really does do disgusting, gruesome, gruesome things with the the sorority house. Um, They don't reveal this until he's caught again. Um, which of course throws the timeline out of out yeah. of jump again. Um, you then have Carol Ann Boone come in, who I think they've really betrayed like some victim because Ted doesn't love her as much as he loves yeah, Lily Collins. That was weird. When in actual fact, this woman was fucking crazy, and you know she was basically building like a Manson-style yeah. cult for him. You know, I don't feel any sympathy for her. Like, oh, my no, he didn't love you as much as he loved her. Like, it doesn't excuse anything. Um, and then, of course, like you said, we're in the court case, which just felt like they'd watched the O.J. Simpson TV yeah. show and thought, right, what can we take out of this? No, I don't know. Yeah, it was really the ending where I was like, I wish this, w- I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. The thing, the problem was as well, is that throughout the court case, you kind of get a little sense of the kind of following that he had, but I don't think it was near enough shown on within the film how since how like huge it mm. was. The parts with Carol Ann again, Lily disappears at this point. Yeah. You hardly see her; she just watches the television. Um, you've got the whole marriage proposal, and you've got the whole, you know, Ted being cocky. The one thing that I'm really angry they left out was. In the Ted Bundy case, the real one, he interviews one of the girls who was in the sorority house Mm. that discovered the bodies, and he asks her to describe the scene in gruesome detail, and he smiles and grins and keeps repeating the questions, and it's one of the moments in, in the real court case that is really uncomfortable, and the judge even tells him to stop. Why is that not in this movie? Because that would have shown the audience how, yeah, there's no, like, substantial evidence, but he's enjoying hearing about this crime. And it wasn't in the film. And I really feel like that would have been a very, like, like a very, what's the word? Creepy, eerie moment that kind of fits in with the tone that we're going to talk about a bit later on of when he's with Lily again. I think... But they left out. Honestly, as I'm, I haven't really thought of this until just now when you said that. It's almost like they were afraid to show Zac Efron like that until like that last moment when the movie ends, because yeah. he's so teeny bopper beloved. But the whole point is like, if you cast this person, they need to commit because like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second. But like my friend Dahmer, he Ross Lynch disappears. He's gone. The Teen Beach yeah. Party kid is not there. You know, Harvey yeah, from Sabrina is not there. He commits. It's disturbing. And it's convincing. Mm-hmm. And they let him go. And there's so many other, you know, cases of that. I mean, it's not to the same degree, but like, you know, Vanessa Hudgens and Spring Breaker. It's like, they, you need to let them go. You need to not protect them from what our perception no. of them is. <laughs> what what does he expect like you play this character you have to commit to the role you have to take on the the evil and the wicked and the vile or whatever you want to say it but i mean the film at this point i'm i've lost interest about 10 minutes before this happens and then they just seem to fast forward and fast Mm -hmm. forward they don't they don't reveal about how creepy it was that caroline boone would stay in his prison Mm -hmm. cell with their daughter 
um, or son, I can't remember which one they yeah, had. Yeah. They don't um, talk about the fact that Caroline Boone had another child as well. Was it from a previous yeah. marriage or something? I can't remember. Yeah. They don't talk about that. Um, they fast forward to this meeting that Liz has with Ted. So you've got Lily and Zach again, um, and she demands the truth. Um, the one thing that really pissed me off is that they kind of, what they did, they saved all these crimes and gruesome details until this moment um, to, I'm assuming, to have some kind of um, shocking yeah. re- reveal. I mean, for me, when I was watching the documentary and learning about Ted Bundy, the part when you realise that his last victim was a 12-year-old mm-hmm. girl, it's really, like, that's it's obviously all the crimes are disturbing but you realize at that point he'd completely spiraled out yeah. and you know because it was it wasn't his uh like his mo yeah. or it wasn't his regular victim but it's such a throwaway line when they reveal that mm-hmm. like one of the victims was 12 and then it's just kind of like glazed over and then you've got this really creepy moment which like i'm assuming is the one you're talking yeah. about where he basically it, there's a picture shown where the victim's head's missing and he draws on the window in the condensation hacksaw and that's the only creepy moment i'd say in the entire film and it's in the last two yeah, minutes yeah and it's really sad because the like the perform and he's good the whole movie i'm not discrediting him but yeah. that moment the look on his face when he writes that in the intensity that he looks at her in the anger and just the depravity is i mean maybe the best moment of acting i've seen in 2019 but yeah you get it, it for was. literally 30 seconds and that's it for 30 seconds and even from lily collins that rage and yeah. that anger you see again is only for yeah. about 30 seconds as well and um it's just very like i said to you they don't reveal anything until this end scene and then at the end like even when they show how many victims there were they didn't even like show the fact that he's he's suspected of like 30 oh, 50 yeah. more crimes i just felt at the end it got to it and i just thought that is so disappointing not only for the fact that it's not a good movie but also the fact that it's just not done a lot of justice no. to anyone really and like i said i mean i watched it with someone who didn't know anything about ted bundy and like scott had to spend like an hour on wikipedia yeah. studying he was like why was this not in the film why was this not in the film why was this not in the film and i was like exactly watch the documentary because i have no idea what this even was i really don't no. yeah it's just and the thing of waiting for like a big reveal there's no big reveal. This is history. It's happened every... I mean, not everyone, obviously, but, like, it is common knowledge that he killed all these people, that he killed a 12-year-old, that he cut someone's head off. Like, it's not, like, a shocking plot twist. It's... And, you know, it's yeah. something I was thinking about, too. If you want a good... I think I said this in the last podcast I did with you, but, like, my favorite movie right now of the year is Lords of Chaos, which also deals with true crime. And it's silly, and it's... Mm, but it builds up to the murder. Like, there is a gruesome, graphic, violent, truthful murder that happened. And if you know the story, you can feel it building up. And it's a great point of climax. And it's literally, like, placed at the same point in time as that scene in the Ted Bunny movie is. And then it just, like, ends. And it feels right because it's linear. 
but to yeah but in this like you said the timeline is so confusing yes it's a great like filmmaking tool to build up to something like that but it makes no sense if it didn't happen that way and it kind of like i said to you it like it highlights that i think it was re-edited yeah because i can i can sense it that it was re-edited maybe two three times um because I remember in the old trailers, there was a lot more footage of like him with the cast yeah. on, and the crowbar, and I mean even the girl that escaped. They just they I don't I'm just not a fan. No. I thought it was a complete waste. And like I said, it's not that it's sensationalising, but it's a the story itself is a very interesting story, and I think that we do need we do need to learn yes. about the history of these things because. But, I mean, a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, why wasn't the sorority house locked? And why would you help us someone with the car? And I was like, because we once upon a time lived in a world where you wouldn't dream, like, oh, I'm not going to talk to this man because he might lock me in his car and cut my head off and rape my dead body. Yeah, and, these you know, people are the reason we act the way we do now. Because it's, yeah, like you said, it's history. Yeah. And I feel like... It's not to create an entertaining film. It's to create a film that shows how evil someone yes. was, and highlights that you know. And they, again, with Ted, I think the the Ted, the interesting thing about Ted Bundy is that he didn't come from an environment. You know, you got that nature nurture thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't come from an environment where he was the outcast, mm-hmm. where he was the loner. I said to Scott, like he was the quarterback. Yeah. He was in law school. He was top of his class. He was an attractive young man. And there's no highlight of that white privilege in no. this film. And yeah, well, and that's what I can know. I can I segue into my friend Dahmer a little bit because that movie. Let's talk yeah. about my friend Dahmer. So yeah. that movie did everything right. I think that the Ted Bundy did wrong, and I think they're easy to compare because they're both recent and they both have Disney stars as the serial killers. And I saw a lot of criticism. Did, yeah for my friend Dahmer saying that it made you sympathize with him and I don't agree with that I think it presents the information that is true that happened and if you sympathize with that like he you can tell he's messed up and he is to a degree a product of his environment but it's more that there were so many signs and they highlight that in the film that they do a everyone lot. just ignores them it's not that they molded him necessarily into what he became it's that they just let it no. happen i mean his father just lets him live in that house alone at the end he keeps giving him the chemicals to you know destroy the animals and the kids at school you know mutilate yeah him, it's know. a lot and i think it does such a good job of just presenting you know the story of what actually happened to him and the way that that movie deals with the killings because it's all leading up see that's another one where it's like it leads up to it and they don't even show any do they i don't think i think they just show him picking no, up the nothing. first guy and that's it the first guy and it Stephen Hicks, works yeah. because there is a clear timeline and i think with um with my friend Dormer as well, it presents a it se- presents a section of Jeffrey Dormer's life which we haven't seen in film mm-hmm. before because it's about his um, teenage years in high school. 
based on is it yeah the yes. graphic novel by his friend in high school um and when I went to go see this I didn't realize that I di- I thought it was going to be about all the murders but I was glad it wasn't because like you said you see this um build up of this character who constantly shows signs about how he's a loner how he is disturbed how he's you know hobbies are becoming obsessive he is being enabled by his father to basically mutilate animals and dispose of his mutilations you know he's what would you, what would you call it in school he kind of fakes these seizures in yeah school, like he's like a like class spasms. clown and like he buys into it to a point where it's like not healthy yeah and like the school completely ignores this they don't bring it up at all his parents um divorce and they don't really seem to give a shit about him at all um but that all of that you know the fact that he's alone he's a bit bullied he doesn't you never once feel sorry for him because the way that ross lynch who is an incredible young actor portrays him is there's always that look in the eye there's always that sense of movement that you're like nah Mm -hmm. nah you're creepy and there's something wrong with you and you get to a point where there was points in this film where i did forget what he was what he obviously was not destined to do so but what he was going to go on to do and then at the end you think fuck Mm -hmm. that's how quick it all escalated and like and with with Ted Bundy, I don't because he had it in so rushed and weird. You're like, oh, I don't really what what he what. Yeah. Um, but like you said, in regards to the fact that I mean, I I stopped watching the Disney Channel by the time that Ross Lynch was yeah. on there. But he was in uh, he had his own show, didn't yeah, he? I think was it Austin and Ali? Yeah, I have never seen any of his Disney stuff either because I stopped watching it by no. then. So the first thing I ever saw him in was my friend Dahmer but I remember when it was cast everyone was like oh the Disney kid's gonna be in it so I was like oh okay and then obviously I love Sabrina so it's always funny watching (laughs) him be Harvey because I'm always like oh it's Dahmer (laughs) it was um they said because when they casted him they wanted it to be uncomfortable and they said they wanted it to be um someone that you know that isn't the same it's it's familiar because you kind of recognize that guy i mean he wasn't very popular over here um um but it was um that's what they did it whereas with 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 um zach efron it was kind of like yeah we're hiring zach efron but not because of that reason we're not hiring because he's hot yeah we're hiring him because because you know it was kind of like they were constantly making excuses for it. If you haven't seen My Friend Dorma, I would totally yes. recommend it because I was blown away. And it's one of them films that you get to the end of it and you feel uncomfortable. Yes. Like, you, like, it's a great film, but then you kind of feel like, oh, God, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. And the director did like a Q&A because I saw it at the London Film Festival. And he said, like, yeah, it was to make you feel uncomfortable and to make you realise that a normal one well, a normal person but this kind of person went on and did all of mm-hmm. these crimes and it's very it's a good exploration into serial killers backgrounds yes. and that's why I can't, another one I want to mention is the Netflix series Mindhunter which I know yes. you've not seen but it focuses a lot on the psyche of serial killers and I mean the the serial killers that have been um portrayed in the first season was like ed ed kemper mm-hmm. uh monty Russell, uh jerry jerry Bruddos and richard speck and i think the second season are actually bringing jeffrey dormer oh, okay. in 
I think so anyway. It's kind of like it's um they keep hinting towards it. Okay. I'm trying it. That'll yeah. Be interesting. He's just I can't remember. I can't remember if it is it, but the second season's coming out soon. But um these I mean like, like we said before with serial killer films in a way it is a little bit of about exploitation, but in another way it's again educating mm-hmm. and you know um yeah basically teaching people about what's happened in the past and how to prevent i don't know to prevent it i mean how do you feel yeah i i definitely think it's the same thing and i think um it's a big case of not wanting history to repeat itself and i definitely think right now there's a big craze in all sorts of true crime cults as well i'm very into cults and stuff like that and i think we're in a position right now where groups like the Branch Davidians and Waco and stuff like that could begin to pop up again. So I do think it's important to look at that, you know, and same thing with, I don't know if serial killers like these people will pop up again because, you know, police have gotten a little more sophisticated. I say that a little because it's really not as much as it should be. Um, But um, I think it's just good to learn about it. And I think it's good to be aware because there's so much sensationalism that comes with it so these stories get passed around that maybe aren't necessarily the truth about certain serial killers um and they can get glorified when the actual facts aren't presented so i do think making you know films like my friend Dahmer that kind of show it you know more honestly or like mindhunter that present it uh in a less sensationalized way and i think while the ted bundy movie didn't necessarily sensationalize it it also didn't really do much to educate a very good point education wise I don't feel like I think a lot of people who probably watched that film afterwards got straight on the internet yeah. and was like what did Ted Bundy actually do yeah. um, because you you don't hear about what he did like you don't hear about the ways that he tricked people you don't hear about you know it, there's, it was so vague it was just a, a lot just missing mm-hmm. it really was I mean um with going back to Mindhunter, there's a really good theme in it. I don't want to ruin anything, but basically one of the detectives loses the seriousness of these people and these crimes, in particularly one of the serial killers. And it gets to a point where he, they've convinced this particular serial killer that the detective and the serial killer are friends. Oh. And I think both the serial killer and the detective realise that. And then it gets to a point where he suddenly realises no this person is a serial killer and i think that is very similar to the way that the public sometimes look at serial killers um and like young women especially i mean we've got the um the new tarantino film coming out soon which is it's a bit confusing because i don't think anyone really knows exactly what the main focus of it is because i mean he's come out and he said that it's not a film about michael manson um but you said it will be about the Manson family murders. I almost, I don't know. It's like, I feel like it's a little bit of damage control because I remember when it broke that he was making a Charles Manson movie. That's what they said yeah, originally. You joke, that, and, was, that was the original, and like, people freaked him, wasn't it? out. And I was one of them, I'll be real, because I was like, oh no. Like, I love Quentin Tarantino. He's one of the filmmakers that got me into movies. But the way that he handles things in general history whatever yeah worries me especially because 
Charles Manson is already so like over exalted. Like it's just ridiculous. Very much so. But I'm hoping that he takes it in like an inglorious bastards twisted history way and like Sharon Tate murders Charles Manson or something. Like I hope it's ridiculous. Well, it's like it's odd because when we first he- heard about this, it was marketed as Tarantino's next film will be about the Manson yeah. family murders, and you're like, okay, so it's going to be bloody gruesome oh god it's going to be glorifying and funny it's going to be making fun of this awful awful event and now they they've changed it so that the premise is it's about the film industry and it's about you know classic the the final moments of hollywood's golden age and you're like what so the manson family murders was hollywood's golden age like what 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 are you you talking about so it's i'm excited because like you said like you said like tarantino for me was a massive um part of me like education within film and kind of i've been a fan of his work but then with this i'm kind of like i have no idea what this is gonna i'm very apprehensive about (laughs) yeah yeah i'm apprehensive i mean there's a lot of Manson characters in the film. I mean, the whole yeah. like Manson family is in it. And Lynette Squeaky from like um, Charles Tex Watson, yeah. Catherine Cher. Um, they're all in it. And then you've got like Bruce Lee. You've got you know yeah. Roman Polanski. Um, and there's a, I don't know. There's a lot of characters within mm-hmm. there. Um, and it's just a bit bizarre. Um, but I don't know. And obviously, Emil, he, he, uh, Emil, I've forgotten his name. Not forgotten his name. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Emil Hersk. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was going to play Manson at first, but he's not. I thought he was too, but he's not. He's playing a friend of Sharon Tate. Obviously, he was cast within the film, and he was only recently been um, convicted mm-hmm. um, and sentenced to jail for assault. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit strange but no i thought he was going to play charles Manson, but no it's actually damon herriman yeah and i think he's played him in something else too he plays charles manson in mindhunter oh okay so yeah it's like he's getting typecast as charles manson that poor man charles don't you find that a bit strange that is very strange also a bit lazy of um, the casting department. You know who I like, really... We needed Charles Manson. You know who I really wanted to play Charles Manson and what convinced me of this? Um, did you see Good Time with Robert Pattinson ever? No, I didn't okay, see it. Well, no. there's this last shot of him like in the back of a police car and he's got his... He's, he dyes his hair blonde in it and it's moppy and he's got a beard and he's just... His eyes are so like... Ugh, and I was like, oh my God, I want Robert Pattinson to play... Charles Manson and he's a tiny guy I'm like oh I I wish maybe someday (laughs) I'm just looking this up whether anyone's like done yeah oh no I can see that that's also a very good movie if you ever have the chance just a side note (laughs) again though could you imagine if like um, yeah I know (laughs) 10 years ago during the Twilight era if someone said like oh yeah we're gonna cast Robert Pattinson as Charles Manson he'd be like no oh my god yeah no, no god no no um i mean other serial killer films i mean it's di- zodiac is regarded as one of the greatest ones but it's difficult because there's actually no serial killer in the film and that's just um, such a hard story i don't know like the zodiac killer is difficult is, i don't know it's a big whodunit it always will be i don't think they'll ever solve it and it's 
I feel like people now are realizing, like, as we come into this, like, serial killer media renaissance that we're in right now, it's not really being addressed very much, the Zodiac Killer. I liked how they did it in American Horror Story Cult, because it was just so ridiculous. Did you see that season where they did the, it was the scum girls did it, and it's like, obviously this isn't true, but it was, like, interesting. I don't know, because I feel like that's the only way you can go with the Zodiac at this point, is to just make stuff up. Make stuff up, because it's just, you know, how ridiculous it really is i mean it's like with the golden state killer Mm -hmm. that they caught recently it's hard to make a film about that because there's not a lot of knowledge on it but you know full well that hollywood oh yeah someone's someone's working on it they've already got a mood board and you know the whole kind of shebang another good one that's kind of where it's not focused so much on the serial killer but more like the mania around it is have you ever seen summer of sam the spike lee movie about the son of sam killings no it's tell me very good and it's really just about people that live in the neighborhood where these murders are taking place i think you only see the serial killer for like a minute so they just show like the panic like i think he i can't remember he either just got brunettes or just got blondes i can't remember so all the women are dying their hair it's a very um uh italian american uh, i've seen bits yeah adrian brody's in this, it um john leguizamo it's very good it's i think it's one of spike lee's best it's kind of underrated but that's a very interesting take where it just focuses on the people like the psyche of the people affected by it not even necessarily and they do show the victims like they show some people getting killed but it's more just like these people's lives unfolding while these killings are going on i think that's an interesting way to approach it too because it's more like a snapshot and then it's also not glorifying the killer i mean i think that people i've said this before the reason why people enjoy this kind of material is that it allows them to be thrilled and scared in a safe environment I mean, one of yes. the most popular ones is probably uh, D- David Fincher's Seven. Um, yes. And again, I think people are drawn to this film because not only is it scary and a bit thrillery, but it's also interesting because there's a, there's a pattern behind mm-hmm. it. Um, obviously, the killer wasn't revealed, um, even in the cast list. So it was a clever way of doing it. Um, and no matter how hard like it is to obviously get through to the end, you're kind of like, God, that was so twisted. Yeah. And again, it's like it's like Silence of the Lambs yeah. as well. I mean, that that was based on um, what serial killer was Silence of the Lambs based on again? Forgotten. Um, I don't know because it's Buffalo Bill, isn't it? But yeah. I'm pretty sure that it's very loosely based Ooh, on someone. Bill based on other people have Googled this. Good to know. Um, Jerry Brudos <laughs> and Ed Gein. Yeah, Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah. That was it. Ed Gein. Um, and again, like with Silence of the Lambs, like that's a classic film about a serial killer, and it's twisted because obviously there's a cannibalism element involved, um, and it's that relationship, that dancing with the devil, that dancing with danger, that you saw in the Hannibal TV show as well, mm. by the way, which was just so cruelly cancelled. I, I will not say any more about that. Um, but it's again, it's that safe environment of being able to be kind of thrilled. Mm-hmm and scared without obviously any repercussions um but i didn't feel like scared or creeped out by extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile 
um, I did with the documentary. But there's a film you wanted to talk about, um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, so that is, I don't know if he is specifically based on, I'm going to Google it. Um, I should have done this before, you know, research and all that. Um, but it stars, <laughs> um, what is his name? He plays Yandu in, Michael Rooker plays Michael Henry. Michael Rooker, yeah. Um, and it's a very, let me see, uh, um, I think it was based, wasn't it based on two killers? Because there's two killers in the film. Yeah, let me see, who is it based on? Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lucas? Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas, okay. Um, and it's just really, um, okay, yeah, so he was an American serial killer, hundreds of unsolved crimes were attributed to him. So the movie, um, it focuses on this serial killer and, um, a woman that I believe comes to live with him because he lives with her brother, and it's kind of a weird, like, very short snapshot piece into them kind of forming a relationship together with the woman yes okay. and you don't really see it's like i don't i don't want to spoil it because i want you to see it like you should watch it um yeah it's just I'm not gonna read he's the very plot. like you know he's bad and even though they do kind of present like oh he's falling in this woman blah, 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 it's very his expressions his just demeanor is probably like the most chilling portrayal of a serial killer i've ever seen in a movie it's just so uncomfortable Ooh. and the ending is gut-wrenching it's not like violent or gory it's just heartbreaking like it's like i i was watching it with my dad and we were about to leave for our 16 hour drive down from michigan to georgia and he like was like don't tell anyone where we're going when we stop and get gas like don't do this he was so <sighs> shaken by it because it's just it's yeah it's really an uncomfortable one but it's a good one but that that's when you know they've done the they've done a good job with portraying yeah. it you know if you leave the movie you're like oh my god he was like so misunderstood and you know there wasn't enough evidence and you know that's when you know they have not done a good job you leave the film and you're like oh my god yeah i can't tell anyone where i'm going you know i mean it's it's like Ameri- I don't know American Psycho. My mum would not let me watch this film for years. She would not. She said that if I watched it, I was a sadist. Like she would not let me watch it at all. She said it was disgusting. She said it was vile. It was awful. And I watched it. And I think it's because he is such an attractive man. Mm-hmm. He is that typical white, you know, that waspy guy um, using that privilege to kind of attract women. He- and he has that kind of whole deal of where you know he's engaged to he generally has affections and yeah. feelings for women as well as wanting to kill them um and it's very i think my mom didn't want me to watch it because she probably had torn feelings about yeah. it but i mean i watched it and it was like it this is this is fiction this is fiction yes. you know there's a big but, difference and i mean it's you know that's a book i could never finish i tried to read the book i it's so much worse than the movie to me it's just because i think it's you know the image you get in your head is worse than the image you're presented it's so well, like, graphically violence wise. Yeah, well, just the sex and the, like it's so descriptive. It's like too much. Like I'd rather just see it than like have to read it and like it, it's a lot. And I read it. I tried to read it before I saw the movie, and I was also like in high school when I tried to read it. And I don't think I saw the movie till like four years, like my freshman year of college. I think I watched it with Noah, and 
Yeah, it is definitely, like, I get what you mean, where, like, it's, it is fiction, you can tell it's fiction, and that's, I think, another one that kind of, it's very similar to that, that, um, I enjoyed for most of the movie, but have reservations, this house that Jack built, the Lars von mm. Trier one, very similar. See, this is, this caused a lot of controversy, yes. didn't it? A lot of controversy, and you saw it. I did. And you did, I'm, yeah. I like a lot of Lars von Trier movies. I think he's scum. But, and that's kind of an issue with this movie, is it's like, he's, it's like autobi, it's like, it's like, Jack is Lars von Trier. It's like what he wishes he was, I think. Which is, yeah. Like, the character is very, it's like what he wishes he was in another life or something. And that's why it does feel so fictional almost in a way compared to obviously these other movies about real serial killers um and it's very similar where jack is kind of like patrick bateman in that he is a white man he's generally you know he's good looking it's um who played him i can't remember matt Matt Dillon. dillon yes um but it's just it's a weird one it's a really weird one but it's is it weird as in the fact that it's i don't know it's because it's fictional how someone could create something that violent definitely and it's you know it's very interesting because the last like the the bottom half of the movie he ends up i mean do you care if i like spoil it a little Okay. No, I'm probably not yeah. going to see it because it looks really yeah. violent and I, I think I'm too sensitive for that right Yeah, now. He <laughs> gets killed, he gets caught, and he literally makes a house out of bodies. What? Yeah, that's the house that Jack built. Um, and then he is guided into hell by kind of a vert like virgil like dante guided into hell he is he gets killed and he is taken on a journey to hell and he tries virgil tells him as they are about to go into hell like you can try to escape and like make it to heaven and he doesn't and that's very interesting like the the way it's shot the sets of like what hell looks like it's very interesting and i almost wish the whole movie was that like the idea of you see like one last serial killing and then the whole movie is that journey into hell like the idea of a you know a murderer like that having to face what he did kind of thing but it's really only the last like 20 minutes and the rest of it is just like i think they highlight four of the murders he did and they're just it, it's it's classic textbook Lars von Trier you know kids get killed mothers get killed women are brutalized women, yeah, of, course. of course and there's even a whole he wedges in a whole like really and this is what made me not like the movie as much there's like a 15 minute sequence where all of a sudden Jack is like a Nazi sympathizer which is really what? uncharacteristic of the character of Jack, but that was Lars von Trier wedging his horrible agenda into the movie, and that's what frustrated me. It was like then I was like, okay, this is just like him like jerking off on screen. You know what I mean? I am so so disturbed. Yeah. Oh no, it's like it's wor- I th- It's probably his worst. Like it's worse than Antichrist. I think. <laughs> Wasn't it? Was it at Cannes? It what was it at Cannes? Do you remember Noah? I, 
I think it was because it was like a big deal. It was the first time he was invited back. It was. It had the premiere at Cannes. Yeah. Yeah, people walked out. And yeah, yeah hundred people was like, walked Haha. out. But then there was a ten minute standing ovation, so it's kind of like, mm. which is weird because Ken th- should have just stood by their ban of him. I think it's just, I don't know. I feel like Ken Ken knows that it's getting boring yeah, now, gotta, so it's like they got to inject something in there. <laughs> they've got to inject something, but he's made me laugh with Ken. Like every single film that's a little bit controversial, it's a bit like Only God Forgives. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my god, yeah, half the people walked out, but there was a twenty minute standing ovation. You kind of like. Well, what? It's one or the other. You can't, like, what, half me walked out. I, I don't know. It's weird. But that sounds very, very and weird. And it's very much um, like that's the ultimate fictionalized serial killer almost. There's, like, no real pattern. Like, it's not reflective to me of any single one. Whereas, like, obviously Henry is more directly based on one. Or you have, like, Buffalo Bill is obviously his own character but there is like that level of reality that he's rooted in it's just fantastical almost like in a bad way but yeah that's that's the thing isn't it is when it's like it that betrays it as like look how like how clever and great yeah. this person is or something like that i mean it's 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 i don't know it's strange i mean like you said i mean at the moment i feel like obviously true crime and the interest in true crime has been around for such a long time i feel like with making a murderer that's kind of with it being on netflix Mm. it was probably the first time that a mainstream audience were kind of like privy to it whereas before you know if you wanted to learn about true crime you watched documentaries online and you listened to podcasts and you you know you bought the books but with making a murderer and then with the keepers and then with the madeline mccann Mm -hmm. It, all these documentaries being on such a huge prime time service has allowed people to kind of I don't know probably delve into them would you say yeah. and I feel like there is probably going to be more fictional films yeah. made from this I mean I mean when I was in film school freaking every single boy wrote some disgusting fictional horror film with a fictional serial killer I mean sh- festivals that I've been to there's so many submissions of horror films of just yeah. girls being killed in the woods and I said like when we went to a festival last year three I went with two other female filmmakers and we all said we are so sick of films where women are just killed for no mm-hmm. fucking reason there's no motive there's no um there's no explanation there's no you know end game there's just it's just random killing mm. and it's just really odd i don't know really odd and bizarre yeah and it's just i don't know like there's so many real life stories that are so much more they're worse than anything you could make up why not just keep telling Mm. those and telling them truthfully would you say then that you think it's better to create a really good documentary on a real serial killer or a really good fictional film on a serial killer I personally would probably rather watch the documentary because there's, I don't know, I'm very gullible with documentaries. I, like, inherently trust them. (laughs) But I almost would say the fictional because then more people will see it. 
and that's the that's the hard yeah. part isn't it like to like like what you said about educating people enough about these horrible crimes mm-hmm. these horrible people and i think sometimes it's educating them about the bad police work because yeah. every single american well not even american english yeah. story every single story about a serial killer there is at least one or two points where they probably could have yeah. got caught if someone had done their job and i think to highlight that and to highlight not just the police work but the like the justice system you know all of that is important because we have like we have to learn from our mistakes as humans but i mean i feel like if you ask me 10 years ago i'd be like oh no fictional film fictional film fictional film because you can you know you can get famous people Mm -hmm. in it and you can get people that but now i'm like i'd rather watch like a 10-hour documentary tv series than i mean if i'd never watched that ted bundy documentary and i just watched that film fuck knows what my mind would have thought could you imagine i'd be like oh i'd be like one of the people like welcome to the ted bundy conspiracy podcast (laughs) this week we discuss how he was just a normal guy (laughs) who was unfairly committed of his crimes oh you know but but there are people out there no i know there are people out there well it's always i wonder if it is I say this though, but I wonder if there is people that believe he's innocent. Oh, I'm innocent. sure. If I write Ted Bundy innocent Reddit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's there. Everything's on Reddit. Oh, my God. Yes, there are. Well, it's like the, the, all the girls that, you know, think Columbine was right and that they are innocent, you know, that they were bullied and they weren't Men- even bullied. We were meant to talk about this, yeah, because I've not seen it, but there there is another film, Elephant, isn't it? Which I've never isn't seen exclusively. That either, yeah. I've not seen it, yeah. It's not exclusively based on Columbine, but it's very reminiscent yes. of Columbine. It's by Gus Van Sant mm-hmm. and um it come out I mean Columbine was only nineteen ninety nine, wasn't it? Pretty close after Columbine was close, it? Yeah. yeah, and this film was two thousand and three. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's based in part on the shootings, but again, this film as well, it was criticised for, um, you know, it was like, like we've said, like useful discussion and things like that. Um, But yeah, I'm, I mean, is there a film based on, is there a film about Columbine? I don't know. Um, The best thing I would say in regards to Columbine is the documentary Bowling for Columbine. Bowling for Columbine, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I love him. I like all his movies. He's from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. All that jazz. But I think Bowling for Columbine's great. I think it highlights, rather than just dwelling on the event, like, how we can prevent it from happening. And obviously, we haven't. <laughs> you know, there was a school shooting, like, two days ago here. Um it's bad it's really bad the best film like fictional film i've ever seen to deal with mass shootings is vox lux i've not seen this because they hardly talk about the fact that it's based on a mass shooting in all of the um promo yeah and i i think that you know i didn't know it was and i saw it at a film festival and I was in a crowded upper balcony, tiny little, like, our school museum when they were showing it. And I did not expect that. It begins with that. And it was so horrific. I was looking over my shoulder the rest of the movie in fear that it was going to happen to me. And I think they have to say, if they want people to see that movie, 
they need to address that, that that it's about that because it's too much like it's too shocking but in that I think it deals with the subject matter better than anything else I've seen because it goes from that like Columbine era to now because it, it culminates with there's another shooting um, when she's an adult when she is a pop star and they're like wearing um, masks that she had worn in one of her music videos so there's a big controversy of are they doing it because of her because of what she'd been through and all that and it's just it touches on how America has gone from like that to now very well and it is all fiction but it's it's very interesting and I think it's such a hard subject to make a movie about um one of the other decent ones is the dirties which is also fictionalized and it's a found footage film um and it's from the point of view of the school shooter and it's very disturbing really very disturbing okay yeah i'm just looking that up now but it's it's questionable because i think the wrong person watching it could sympathize with him right that's the that's the yes. problem isn't it with the school mm-hmm. shooting things that's it. but i mean obviously we probably shouldn't talk about this too much but there's a lot of there's this with school shootings there's so much indifference about them and which is crazy because you think you know after everyone that is huge and everyone that is you know shocking and the numbers it breaks yeah. the record and things like that you think well you know after that the, the pot there can't possibly be any more i mean for me like after sandy hook i thought well that's yeah. it surely there can't possibly be any more now um but that, what that was what, what five six yeah. years ago and it's you know but no it's interesting what you said about vox because i had no idea yeah. and then i um was listening to a review and i was like god really i thought it was just yeah. about natalie portman being a rock star um and I think maybe because it's got that storyline in it, they don't want to, like, mark it. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, weird isn't it's it? It's very weird. Because I'm grateful, I guess, that I went in not knowing because I think I can handle it. I'm pretty, unfortunately, I'd say desensitized to a lot of things just because of what, you've what I've watched in the, in the past and even just the environment I'm in, especially with mass shootings. Um but so I was shocked by it but I think you know I I handled it I recovered from it but I think um the mass like the general public should know that that's in there like I told my mom I went and saw it with my mom again when I came home because it was in theaters near us and I told her beforehand because I knew she would enjoy it but I knew she needed to know so that she could kind of brace herself (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense that makes a lot of sense but no, I mean, I think it's almost good that Columbine hasn't been made yeah. into a film because I think you would have that struggle off where they'd probably try to make the audience suspend their belief yeah. and sympathise before kind of giving them that. Not, well, not shock because I'm sure everyone knows. Well, not everyone does know about it, which is a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, about you know, actually, this is what happened. Um, but no, it's it's a strange line to walk on. I mean, like you, like I think I've gone to the point where I'm like, I don't want to see the fiction. I don't want to see fictionalized yeah. stories of this anymore. I want to see more documentaries. Um, and then obviously you get to a point where there's no documentaries left to make because yeah. people stop doing this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, to recap, it's it's hard 
to make something that's marketable enough and sellable enough to get a lot of people to watch it and a lot of people to in, in educate mm-hmm. themselves about it. But then also make it interesting enough to be a piece of media. Yes. So, I don't know. That's why I think, because I said to you, like, Mindhunter is a great mm-hmm. show because it is entertaining and it is interesting. And then you get that level of, like, shock when you're like, oh, God, no, these people were yeah. monsters and they've done this, this and the other kind of thing. So, yeah. No, I think... Um yeah, I think documentaries are the way to go because you look at stuff like the West Memphis Three, they made the, um, what is the name of that movie? They made a, like... They did, it was a few years I ago, wasn't it? With yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. And it was fine, and that was my introduction to that story. I didn't know about that story, so I watched that movie and I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched Paradise Lost and I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? That's one of the most comprehensive documentary series ever made i feel like it's insane um and so before it's time yeah yeah so he needs to just stick to that he knows what he's doing (laughs) you know what i mean in that sense but you know things like with um with the film that you saw with reese Mm -hmm. witherspoon did that i was just because i've not seen that i've not seen the west memphis free either i've read a lot online about it and obviously i've heard a lot from you about it too with um that film with Reese Witherspoon and Colin Firth, I think it is, do they talk about the doubts of the arrest or is it just open and shut? They did it. No, they definitely highlight the doubts. They suggest very much that the um, family was involved. Oh, they do? Okay. That the the stepfather, right? Yeah, Yeah, with the knife. They talk about that and that, and that's pretty much how it ends. Um... So yeah, it's 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 interesting, but it's almost like when Paradise Lost exists, why'd you bother? You know? This is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like why when you create I mean like like I said, I said the the Ted Bundy documentary mm-hmm. series was fantastic. Why did you think let's do this but with Zach Efron and let's focus on you know, it's it's bizarre and you you kind of hear obviously like Lily Collins met with the yeah. actual woman. And I just thought, wouldn't she think, no, don't make this film, it's, it's, it's bizarre. But, um, but yeah, it is what it is, that is it. But I mean, I think that, I mean, I know when I was younger, I was fascinated by serial killers, I was fascinated by the stories, because obviously you grow up in an environment where you're not privy to that, and you shouldn't be anyway, you should be privy to that. Um, And then you get to a point, you're like, I don't want to learn about this anymore, because it's very, very scary. Yeah. But I think, would you know, learning about that stuff from an age, it does kind of give you a sense of education of, no, I'm not going to get in your car. No, I'm not going to walk home yes. alone. No, I'm not going to, you know, put on social media where I am. Yeah, no, definitely. Time. And I mean, it's it has created, you know, the world we live in. It's shaped how cautious we are and stuff. And still, I mean, it still happens to this day, that girl that got in that uber here and i think it was south carolina it wasn't her uber and the guy was ready he had ropes and duct tape and everything and he killed her you know yeah and luckily i think that doesn't happen as much as it, it it you know could if we didn't you know take the precautions based on what we learned from all these guys from the you know 60s 70s 80s and people forget though there's still serial killers yeah. out there that are active today that are still not caught i mean unfortunately a lot of them are in america yes. courtney 
Um, but I mean, I think the, the serial killer with the highest count, like victim account, is actually a, a UK doctor. Is it Harold yes, Shipman? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, when well, they just caught one in Canada, like literally, like last year, he was a really? groundskeeper, and he was murdering gay immigrants. And he was burying their bodies in his clients' houses because he was their groundskeepers. And so they were renovating this... It was all one neighborhood, and they found the bodies. And he's, like, really old now, but he's he's in jail. Oh, my God, yeah, I'm just reading yeah. about this now. That is crazy. Yeah, so it was interesting that it was Canada and not... I mean, there's a lot of unsolved murders in Canada, though. There's... So a lot of a lot of immigrants and indigenous women in Canada. That that's not really talked about. There's a whole stretch of highway yeah. uh, in British. Well, that's Columbia. why I was re- the, another film that deals with. I don't know, not serial. Well, yeah, serial killers. Way is uh, Wind River. Yes, yeah. Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. It's a really brilliant film, yeah. actually. But they 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 deal with um, the amount of yep. murders of indigenous women that are just unsold and pretty much forgotten about because of the lack of yep. care and consideration that are taken into so that's another thing films like that yes. where they're not glorifying any mm-hmm. killer they're highlighting it they're ones that i can i can get on board yeah with. that's an incredible but, movie. Um, it's very good well that pretty much wraps us up i mean this year i don't think there's any films come more films coming out about serial killers but i know there's like a ton of documentaries coming out on netflix about well everything um but it is kind of turning into like a bit of a fascination almost oh god sorry just fell over there you've got this um the ava duvernay series Mm -hmm. coming out soon about the five boys in is it new york i think it was new york yeah yeah so that's coming out soon um so it's important that we're doing it it's a new wave of like art form in film industry which is great but yeah i think every now and then you've just got to remember that these are real people real crimes and the victims are very ever rarely given a lot of spotlight Mm -hmm. i mean i was quite shocked at the end of the ted bundy film they didn't show pictures of the victims because that's another thing that i think the audience if you didn't know about ted bundy would think oh my god they all look the same yeah I know. And that's a thing, too, especially when it's someone as, like, in the public as Ted Bundy, I think it is important to, like, highlight the victims, because, like, I did, I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, like, just the whole, like, victim versus perpetrator thing. I did that project on the the priests in Pennsylvania that, you know, molested all the yeah. kids. Which is a really great Thank project, you. by the way. Um, but I, I, you know, there were too many, I, this is awful to say, but there were too many victims. Like, I couldn't highlight the victims. And because, in this case, the perpetrators are either dead and had nice obituaries where they were praised and people loved them, or they're alive. I found one of them, um, his picture on Facebook. Um, and he's doing fine. He's just chilling. He has a Facebook account. He's a normal person. And he's molested middle schoolers. Uh, but because of the statute of limitations, most of these people, only one, I think I highlighted 301, are named in that report. And only two are actually facing jail time. So that was a case where I did highlight the abusers so that their names could be out there. And if for some reason someone that runs across my project runs into one of these people on the street, they can know. Mm. You know, so I think it's. You notice that there's not a lot of films out there highlighting the catholic church that's that's something i've yeah spotlight's great 
but it's not about that enough. Doesn't even scratch the it surface. It doesn't. And doesn't even scratch that's the what's crazy is that report sounds so wild. It's nothing compared to Pennsylvania and their I don't know. The the Pope just I went don't Island. even don't even get me started. <laughs> I can go for hours. <laughs> <laughs> The Keepers is a oh, fantastic brilliant. documentary on Netflix, but again, doesn't even no, scratch the surface so of like how much happened. So that's yeah, that's this is what I mean though. The they will do, they will they pick and choose who they're gonna make the bad guy, oh, of course. and they pick and choose who they're gonna make the misunderstood guy. And you know, I mean, like I said, this Ava DuVernay documentary. There's very little documentaries out there about wrongly convicted yes. black men, and it's interesting that when people say like oh yeah i'm into true crime into true crime into true crime okay what true crime are you listening to because are you listening to wrongly convicted cases as well yeah are you listening to you know the police cases are you listening to uh, the catholic church there's so much and there's i mean it's just there's it's so much filtered. Bad it's in a the very world. filtered out system i mean it's a bit like when the madeline mccann yeah. documentary came out and people said would a working class black girl who went missing after being um, neglected by her parents on a holiday, would she have been given this much attention? Yeah. And there was, when you watch the if you watch the no, documentary... No, not yet. There's um, a missing boy goes missing around the same time, a Portuguese mm-hmm. missing boy, and... Um, nothing. That's no. it. There's nothing. There's nothing at all. No. But no, it's a good documentary. Yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, so that's just a... That's probably the RN note today yeah. is that as much as you're into true crime, think about what true crime you're watching and listening to and just think there's a lot out there that's still being covered yeah. up because they don't want you to know the truth. Yeah. I sound quite mysterious when yeah, I said that then. Yeah, you did. Like, tuning next week for kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I, I could never do a true no. crime podcast because I'd get too scared. I'd get too scared. Like when I was watching the Ted Bundy documentary, I was like double locking my doors, checking. I was like, Caris has been dead for like thirty years. Yeah, but no, I but, mean that's like it's. My dad really likes last podcast on the left, and there are times where like it's like, oh my god, like how can you make a joke about this? Like I get it, I get that that's the point of it, but like at a certain point, it's like like I know Noah and I were talking about the one they did on the. Um, the black meddlers and they're making fun of dead and all this and then they're like oh he killed himself and then they feel bad that they were making fun of it you know what i mean and that's just that's not even murdering 10 people you know what i mean that's just someone you know not that just suicide that's awful that's so awful um but you know what i mean like how some of those like i know my favorite murder is another one they're not quite as ridiculous as i last podcast on the left a few of my friends who listen to this i've got like make my living off of that no, I've got a couple of friends that love that podcast. They love it, and yeah. I have a couple of friends who have said I can't listen to it because it's too, it's too glorifying. Yeah. It's too like, and I feel I haven't listened to it myself, but I kind of feel like I'd probably agree with my friends that don't like yeah. it. But I, I don't know. No, I, I haven't know. listened to it either. I've listened to the last podcast, but I haven't listened to my favorite murder. Oh gosh, just even just the name of it just sounds. I know, a bit... I know. It's ugh, ugh. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining me. It's nice to do a podcast with yeah. you again for last time. I look forward to now getting ill. As, of course. Um, like I'm, I said, I'm usually, your omen. I talk to You're you. bad omen. <laughs> yeah, my bad omen. Um, and best of luck with graduation. Thank you so much. 
Are you going to have the whole cap and gown Oh, yes. Thing? I'll send you a picture. Are you valedictorian? No, I'm not the valedictorian. I do have honors awards. <laughs> so they're a little yellow. What's little that yellow mean? Stripe, but no, I'm, I'm not, not giving a speech. <laughs> too big. Too many people. Does it always... Is it the same with, like, American high school movies? Is it always, like, the geeky person that does it? Um, I don't know who's... One of my friends was actually up for the Valley Tour, and she didn't get it, though. It's, it's like, a... It's usually with the way my this school is. It's, like, people who are really involved in, like, extracurriculars, clubs, you know... We, we call those keynotes. Oh, okay. Keynotes. Okay. Well, then, we got so, a like, keynote. we will... <laughs> Kino, that's it, there you go. We um we went on a Game of Thrones tour once in Ireland and we were like it was like a big group of us, like twenty of us, and when we got off the coach, Scott said to me, That kid over there, I bet you any money is gonna be a Kino and I was like, What do you mean? He was like, Just watch. And like every time the tour guide was telling us something about like this mm-hmm. setting or this like tree, he'd be like, Oh yeah, this was in season two, episode three. Oh yeah, this was in season four, episode and we were like, Oh my god. We're paying the tour guide. What are you doing? (laughs) Let him do his job. So, yeah. So, maybe valedictorians are keynotes. We didn't have a valedictorian. Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of the school, and they always pull out, like, crazy shit anyway for the graduation. We always have, like, a commencement speaker. Like, two years ago, it was John Malkovich. Last year, it was uh, Hilary Swank. Oprah did the one in Atlanta. Um... Oh yeah, it's theorized Reese Witherspoon might be our val- might be our speaker this year because she oh has an interior design God. deal and she's close with the president of the school. So uh, I'll die um, if it's anyone of that caliber. You. <laughs> we'll see. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited for yeah, you. I'll let you know. If I email you a script, will you like <laughs> yeah, print it off I'll and like, just give it I'll to like her? Just roll it up and like like spit it through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do oh it. Oh my god. Do it. Could you imagine this how like my Wikipedia page, Caris Rian got her beginnings after friend Courtney Cheshire uh, assaulted Reese with a spoon <laughs> with a spitball containing her storyline oh, premise. Incredible. The pair then spent three years in prison. Caris worked on a documentary pleading Courtney's innocence. <laughs> Yeah. But yes, happy graduation to come and thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.